0: I am fired up for this one. Today, I am joined by my man, Armando Castilla. You might know him from Instagram, his handle, Cards of Cascadia. Mondini Original is a card art page that he has as well. I wanted to have him on. We've been talking about the hobby together for quite some time, interactions. He's a passionate collector. He's a card artist, and he is pushing forward with an initiative around mental health, card art that I'm about and I believe in. We talk about soccer cards, wrestling cards, the whole gamut. He's a really good dude, so check out his stuff. If you like what I'm doing over here, hit the subscribe button. Most importantly, tell a damn friend you're enjoying Stacking Slabs. Let's kick it over to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. I have a fun conversation with a collector slash artist in front of us, and we We were talking before we hopped on, and I was looking at some of our DM exchanges. We've been interacting for quite some time, and uh, I think this would be a fun conversation. Um, I know our guest is passionate about what he collects and also the art side of things, so we're going to get into that. But without further ado, I am joined by Armando. You might know him at Cards of Cascadia on Instagram. He's got another project that we'll be talking about. Uh, but without further ado, Armando, how are you doing, brother?
1: Hey, man. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, like, as you said, we've been going back and forth for a little while now, been a big fan of the podcast in general. So to be able to partake in it like this is uh, really exciting for me.
0: Awesome. Well, appreciate you joining. And well, let's start here. And I was, <laughs> I had rearranged stuff in my uh, office when I moved up places and I was digging back, and I felt like a good place to start would be, uh, I'm going to pull this up, but this Ray Mysterio yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, awesome. so so uh, Armando sent me over this we'll call it a one-on-one uh, uh-huh. Ray Mysterio card art, um, which is phenomenal. It's Ray is a legend. Everyone knows that. Um, but it, I hadn't looked at it for a while. It was stashed in my collection and just looking about this and like the uniqueness obviously with card art there's not another piece like this mm-hmm. but i don't know this is cool like it was a gift and it's something that like obviously won't go anywhere and we're going to talk about card art in this but maybe like before we get into it i know you're a ray mysterio fan and I, we like to talk about wrestling on this podcast so Maybe shed some light about Ray, your connection with him.
1: Dude, yeah. So I would say my connection with Ray uh, started really early. So I'm a first-generation American. My dad is from Mexico. And uh, some of like the earliest memories I had growing up is just like us gathering around our tiny little TV. And it was either watching like soccer, boxing, or wrestling. And in particular, WCW because... At the time, like all the luchadores were over in, in WCW, you know? And so I think that really stuck with me. And then when I got older and he was in the WWE, I mean, that mask is un- unmistakable, regardless of the color of the print, you know, you know who Ray Mysterio is. It's just one of those guys that like, as a kid, all of us wanted to be him. And we would just do stunts on the trampoline and fight over who's Ray or who's Eddie. So it was always a big part of my childhood. And then fast forward into like more recent times when I really started collecting wrestling cards, him and specifically Eddie Guerrero, those two guys were like the first people I started eBay searching for and setting up the safe searches for, um, because of just that, that nostalgia of me as like, before I could even talk, really, it felt like I was watching these guys on TV.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And I want to get into, I want to get into the soccer stuff because we don't cover that a lot here. And I know that's Mm -hmm. like a, a lane you operate in, but I know you just, I know you just picked up an Eddie card. So maybe talk about the Eddie card you picked up, why you picked it up and kind of like, as you're navigating wrestling cards and you've got like Ray and Eddie, two legends, like kind of like when, what is your approach? Like what types of things and qualities are you looking for? Cause you can go pick up tons of cards about regarding those guys um, just regularly Mm -hmm. on eBay, but like areas of focus. So maybe talk about the Eddie card that you picked up and then just like how you're trying to focus in. Cause I know both of those guys have a ton of cards.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's uh, you know, we always try to find ways, I guess, to like uh, control the sensory overload that can easily happen with sports cards. And so, I actually got the Eddie right here. I'll show y'all a little bit. This Eddie one uh, was really exciting for me because it was right around when uh, Prism WWE dropped, and when it did, I was super stoked. I, I went straight to the checklist to like look at what Eddie has. I saw, like, hey, he had a base horizontal, which was all right, and I kept on scrolling and i did not see a single other like a single other part of his in the checklist which was kind of bumming to me and so i just like you know it was thinking again you know i know that 2014 chrome is another uh, set that's getting a lot of popularity and so i was just like thinking what are some other sets that maybe like overlooked that carry that same kind of uh familiarity to him and uh i think it's technically this car is technically labeled as 2018 tops WWE, but it definitely has that uh, Chrome design to it, which I really enjoyed. And um, it was getting overlooked. Like people were following, doing the Prism stuff For whatever the reason, when this was put on auction, I think I sent you a message. I'm like, dude, nobody has seen this auction yet. And I I have my price that I'm willing to go. But I just, I'm like, fingers crossed that nobody sees what's going on over here on this part of eBay. And uh, I had one more bidder come in like at the last and dying embers of the action, but um, I I got it for a good price still. And when I saw it, I was like, no way, this is crazy. And, you know, who knows if the price will hit those heights of like those other more like name brand, like flagship products, but it hits those same chords for me as like those other cards made for like other collectors, you know? So that was kind of my thought process with the Eddie in particular.
0: I don't know if you mentioned this. I believe it is a one-on-one, right? This one right here? Or it's Uh, at 10. It's at 10. It's out of 10. Yeah, it's out of 10. That's right. What's interesting about what you just said, and it was something that I was doing, is all of the attention has been on Prism. And obviously, the the if you look at the auctions, what they're closing at, all the high dollar wrestling cards are whether they're 2014 Chrome stuff or Prism, like that's where like all the attention is now. So like I Mm -hmm. I was doing the same thing where it was like, okay, all the attention's over here. Where can I go in wrestling cards right now and get stuff that I really want? That's not where all the attention is. And like you just went through that process and got a a gold Eddie Guerrero that you're going to be probably I would imagine stashing in your PC for quite some time.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm going to get it graded eventually, and then yeah, it's going to be snug in my PC for sure.
0: <laughs> I love it. Let's. I know you're in. You're like. I I feel like you're my um conduit when it comes to soccer cards, uh, and I get educated through your page and, um, you have a good connection, connection points in the community, but maybe like talk about soccer cards. I know there's, you probably can go so many different avenues, but it went from just in my time being back in the hobby, it went from like, no one seemed to care to like, everyone's pumping up soccer cards. And I think in following you, like I've seen you kind of navigate it in a way similar to the Eddie card where it's like, okay, like all these people are going after these types of cards. Like I know there's other cards that people aren't paying attention to, but like have long-term value that some of these cards and these high dollar prices are and have this potential. And this is where I'm going to like operate now. So maybe like, just talk about soccer, what it means to you in the market, like any, anywhere you want to go with it.
1: Okay. For sure. I would say soccer was like my true, like first true, like real passion. Like I I watch soccer obsessively, uh whether that's US team, European league, South American leagues, like it's just something that like over the years uh I started understanding more and more and just like loving more and more. And when uh when soccer really started getting hot in the hobby, uh understandably I feel like people either went like really ultra modern or uh you know, some people also went vintage. And to be fair, there's been people who have been like before the soccer boom, uh, there were still, like, these cl- pockets of collectors on both sides. But just like with the Eddie one, like, I always try to tap into my own nostalgia. And so, uh, growing up, the mid-2000s, so, like, your Ronaldinho, the Brazilian Ronaldo, that era turning into, like, like, Messi coming up through the ranks, and just those legendary Barcelona teams, like, that's where my nostalgia goes to. And so, uh, I just really try to lean into that because that's what really gained my interest. And I remember at first, like, I don't know why either, but like, I would get a little bit uh, frustrated, I guess, at the soccer's representation in the mainstream market. I felt like a lot of it was focused on prices and a lot of cards were getting attention that I guess I I didn't really feel like necessarily needed that much attention towards. And I just remember talking to you and uh, some of my other friends, like, what do I got to do to have my voice be heard in this, you know? And the answer is obvious is just like continue being yourself and showing your passion. You know, that's what I've just kept on doing. I'm way happier because of that and not focusing on what the other voices are talking about and just trying to stay in my lane, which is, uh, I would say pretty much like mid two thousand soccer, soccer into like modern soccer.
0: No, I love that. It's something that I picked up on, on from like the soccer collectors, not the individuals who are maybe jumping on, like trying to like, jump on trends and trying to make tons of cash off of soccer. But like the true collectors, I've always admired and appreciated. Like there's this like really strong community um in a network of people who've kind of been there for a while and are willing to educate and are willing to help each other out. And I feel like I hear stories uh, of that from from you. And I think you mentioned, you mentioned to me, it'll have aired on the episode before this, but you mentioned to me um, LAFC Gooner as an, a, a page that you appreciate admire, and follow. So maybe like talk about like the, the community and soccer and like the people you interact with and like why you appreciate it. And then maybe, um, LAFC Gooner, like that account specifically, like what it is about his page that, um, you think more people should be doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, sure. Thank you for allowing me to talk to about some of these guys. Cause, uh, like LAFC Gunner, uh, there's a couple other people, uh, Jamie, UK collector, Soccer Town Cards, M. Hindler Cards. These guys are people that were in the soccer like area, I would say before the boom. Through conversation, I could tell they were really like about the sport. They understand it, the nuances, and we could have deep discussions about this stuff. Honestly, they, I just think they have good taste in cards. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that, like, anything that they post, I'm just like, like these, I need this in my collection. I think LAFC Gunnar, he goes above and beyond though, because he uh, he just, he's so willing to just always put out content. Like he sees a new headline or he sees a crazy highlight from, from a game. He will post it on his stories and put a little caption. And it just like, even if uh, I go like on a stretch of not watching any games because of professional life or personal life, I know I can like count on his stories to kind of keep me on the pulse of things. And I mean, he doesn't need to do that. That's all out of his just passion for the game and just so excited. He wants to share this moment with his other friends and stuff, including myself. And so I think that's a, a big thing is just like when you're like so passionate about something, it's kind of easy, well, it's easier to create discussions and have dialogue about it. And so these are like some of the people that I feel uh, do it really well. Like if everybody who's interacted with these guys, you know, they have good things to say about him. It's really exciting, actually, because some of these people now are stepping into roles in PSA and Golden and the sort, and that's exciting for me because like these are people that I feel like are real representatives of the soccer area of of the hobby, and for them to step into roles where they can share their knowledge in a professional way, I think is uh, really exciting for soccer in general.
0: Yeah, so I love like this conversation and you breaking it down because it just seems like. From like the mainstream hobby perspective, like soccer has just been given, like, I think just in general, like just some negative connotation because quote unquote influencers seize an opportunity and then they go pump up these cards. And there's really maybe no connection with the sport, but they just see dollar signs. And so it gets into this big pump fest. And all of a sudden, like a card that might have been, you know, I don't know. What I think about, man, like the, the thing I can't get out of my head was like, uh, was the Mbappe uh, prism card. Mm -hmm. Like that card got pumped up so much and then came crashing down. And I don't know, it left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth, but like this happens in all facets and all areas, but it seemed like soccer cards got so much heat because of loud voices at the top when at in the core and the foundation were just people operating out of passion. And you mentioned like being drawn to certain accounts because the authenticity, like they're in it, because they want to help and they collect, like, I don't know, like, how would you just as an ambassador of like soccer cards, like help point people in the right direction? Like, especially if they have like an, an appreciation for it, because I think it's so easy to get twisted and like get caught up in like these, these, these news cycles that are a bunch of negativity, but like in all actuality, like when you get plugged into the right people in the right network, it's like one of those things where you know, you can't wait to wake up and look at your phone and look on Instagram and look at the conversations or the cards. So like, I don't know, like how do you recommend someone who's like maybe interested in soccer cards, have heard some negative connotation? Like what would your recommendation to those folks be about like getting into the mix and getting into the mix around the right people and the right collectors?
1: I'll say first and foremost, like if you want to get into soccer cards, first try to get familiar with the sport. You know, uh, I think that's a, a big way you can start deciphering who's really who really knows the game and who doesn't. Just by like if you know the sport already to so, like listening into some of these accounts. I would also say just like engaging in conversation. Really, you know what I mean? Like if there is a hobby account that you find interest in, like you know, reach out, start asking questions. I think at this point of the game, like a lot of these, um, of course, there are still those people that don't really, I guess, know the sport and still get like mainstream attention. That being said, more and more people that are like really passionate about the sport are starting getting, are starting to get the recognition they deserve. And so it's one of those things that's really tough because like, if you have no, no knowledge prior to this, I could see how it could be hard to decipher, like who's really about it and who's really about the money. I I actually, it's tough. I think I would just say, it's just take, take time, take time and just understand you know somebody that might seem legit at the beginning after a couple of months you might get that gut feeling that mm, something seems fishy here and so it's just like taking time to just get familiar with the community get familiar with the sports um i think that the mainstream products that soccer have are pretty uh, across the board with the, the, the other sports now so like maybe play it safe with like a prism product or finest or chrome and just like, just slowly digest all this stuff. You know, if, if you just go in head first, like many do, like I did and myself, and I'm sure you did at one point, uh, you might get a little burnt, but you know, maybe that's a way to learn too. It's just like, just understanding that there's going to be lessons along the way. It's not going to come right away. Just take time and get familiar with, you know, the the community and the environment.
0: No doubt, man. And I'll tell you what, like, if I'm at home and there's like a premier league game on or whatever I'm watching, cause I'm interested. I'm watching world cup, but I'm not like a hardcore soccer fan. However, like if I'm observing the hobby, I don't care if it's soccer. I don't care if it's Pokemon. I don't care if it's baseball. I don't care what it is if I don't follow it, but if there are people talking about it in a way that reminds me of the passion that I have for wrestling or football, like I'm gravitating towards that because of the appreciation and the w- me just wanting to learn. And I just, I don't know. Like, it feels like that's what a majority of the the people in the hobby who have a passion for collecting they it's an appreciation. It just seems like there's we're at this point and where it's like people who just want to collect are tired of like what's happening in the mainstream, and we just want to like be in the circles and we want to learn and it's our escape and we want to have fun. So I don't know. Like, do you feel like there's this? I I don't want to call it like a renaissance, but it almost feels like people are just tired. People, people just want to be with their collectors and people want to learn. And I don't know where this is going to go and like, what's going to have to happen to change things. But it seems like to me, there's this swell of collectors now that people just want to, people want to promote the cards. And I think for me, as I've observed it, like that's a, a step forward for the hobby, as opposed to some of these other things that have happened over the last few years, that might be like people driving in, pumping something up and leaving. For sure. No,
1: I think uh, a really important thing is people like you and uh, like the crossover team really generating like a call to action, you know, and we, especially in like the past month, all of 2022, we've seen some pretty weird stuff in the hobby, you know, pretty controversial stuff. I think that has caused us to have this call to action and I want to be a part of it. And I think, uh, I'd like to think more educated collectors are, also taking y'all up on this call, you know, cause I think it is, it is about that time that we start building some depth into, especially these, these markets that may not have been around 10, 15 years ago, like, like wrestling per se, you know, or like soccer that like, of course there's always been collectors, but now it's like, it's never been at this scale, I feel like. And so, yeah, we, I think we all just need to do our part in uh, just educating our little groups. You know what I mean? But I definitely think uh, I, I like to, give props to people like you and Chris and Josh to cross over for like being like, Hey, like if you know something, start putting out content, you know, I think that's important.
0: Right on, man. Let's talk about a topic that is something that I see flying through my Instagram feed regularly. And I always stop in it. I always stop because it's something different. And I think, let's talk about card art we talk about underground communities of collectors. There's like an underground underground community and it's like card art, and card art collectors and card artists. I think it's interesting. I think it's, there are people that are, so I think of, um, my man, Darren midlife crisis card to like, it's like every other card he's posted is a a piece of card art that he bought from another artist and he promotes the artist that he bought it from. And I don't know, like I have an appreciation for that because it's almost like, uh, I have an affinity where it's like almost like I support a band and I like want people to know about this band. So I like tweet about it, um, which is really cool. I know you've got a project. I want to talk about the project, but maybe like before we get there, like talk about card art, like the community and like how you got involved.
1: Totally. So I got involved towards the beginning of last year when the prices of just cards in general seemed to be just like at ridiculous heights. So I want to say, what was that? Probably like February 2021, somewhere around that time, at least. And honestly, I was getting priced out of a lot of parts that I was going towards. And so I was like, I wanted to stay engaged, you know, create content, still be creative with what I'm doing. And uh, I, I watched a lot of people like you, you know, doing their card art thing. And so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna give it a shot. And if you scroll through like my my hobby page, Cards of Cascadia, some of those first cards are just so janky. <laughs> but you gotta <laughs> start somewhere, right? And so I just slap like origami paper on, you know, uh, like a peeled uh, image and voila, you know, but I, it just, it just had me hooked. And like, after I did that, I was like, well, what if I change this technique or what if I use this material? And then you slowly go down that rabbit hole. Now it's just like, just all these creative concepts I have, like in, in a little notebook that I want to start busting out. And I, it's crazy that you mentioned that like, this is like kind of like an underground subculture of the hobby. Uh, because I have a friend who described it almost like underground hip hop, in a sense that like we're sampling all these mainstream aspects of the hobby and like twisting it up and making it something into completely different. You know, like uh, I actually I just finished the Ultimate Warrior card and I use like a prism design, but I mix it with some Tops Heritage elements to it, and then you actually use car vinyl to like overlay certain aspects to create just this like something that you won't see anywhere else and I understand that some people you know may not dig that but like there is a like a significant minority of people that are just all about it you know and I'm one of them I just I feel like not only is the creativity just ever growing but it the the community is super active like you'll see a new card a new concept posted every day about somebody else and it just gets your your ideas going as artists you know like we have a healthy competition like I I see somebody on the hell did they do that and it just makes me want to do something just as crazy you know and then the community benefits from it because they just get to see some just out-of-pocket stuff being brought to life you know what i mean
0: no i love that so i love the uh the hip-hop analogy and i don't think i'll ever let that escape me now that i see these cards and it makes sense borrowing and trading and mixing in different elements who would you like call out as um maybe like area like people who inspire you and the card artists who inspire you like who would you say are like the people who are like really pushing um this kind of subculture forward right now
1: totally uh i would say two people in particular uh first off, i had to give a shout out to kev's cards uh he was like the first person that one of the first people that i saw doing his artwork thing and got me wanting to try it myself but like his uh just the precision of his cuts and the concepts look so like just like picture perfect that it's kind of insane that he's doing it with like an exacto knife and a, a ruler, you know, and putting these pieces together. I, I know he's been getting uh some exposure with like golden and some of these like more mainstream content creators and stuff. have been buying his pieces and I'm like, I'm super happy for him. I think he deserves it. He, uh, he just put, brings the perfection up to like 11. Like it's kind of unreal. And then another person, he goes by the card carver and he does a lot of like pop art cards. Actually, I got one of his cards right here. It's a, so he calls this air Bart, and uh, Bar is writing, like, um, I will not encourage others to fly. And then he has the uh, Michael Jordan Fleer design on it. And so he, he has a, a good pulse on like what's pop culture, pop art. And he conceptualizes it in a way that just, hits the heartstrings for me and I'm sure it hits other people. So like those two guys in particular are people that like I try to aspire to hit, you know, they do really, really cool stuff and they have their own flavor to it too.
0: I love it. So help me understand, like as a consumer, if I am new to card art and want to get involved and want something like this Ray Mysterio done, like Mm -hmm. what, what, what is it for someone who's listening? Who's like, this sounds interesting. Like, what do you recommend? Like what, what is the process to find artists one? And then two, like, how do you identify, like, what is, are there rates do artists have? Like, this is going to take me this, is it hour. like, talk me through like the pricing and how it all works typically.
1: So there are two accounts that I would suggest checking out in terms of like community pages. Uh, One being cardboard cuts with a Z Uh, and then also sports card art Gallery. And uh, those two places, uh, they do a really good job of spotlighting just like all just a variety of artists that we have out there. And so that kind of hones in on like where to find all these people. And then after that, it's really, you know, a a lot of these artists are pretty open and available. Uh, I would suggest just like if you see a style that you really like, you know, reach out to them individually and just ask them like, hey, do you do commissions? And how much do you evaluate your commissions? So, like personally for me, if I'm doing a commission, it's usually $100. And I like to do it, like, take it as like a collaborative approach. I wanna hear your ideas. And then I wanna like post some pictures out to you and see what you think, or if like there's a color scheme or something, and then kind of take it from there. Rarely does it go above 100 for me, but there's also some arts that are really in demand and their prices could go a few hundred. Alternatively, there's some really, really awesome artists that are putting stuff out for like $35, $40. And I have so much respect for just like any of them in between. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things that it's hard to put like an exact price on it, but there's all, all the artists that I've connected with are super open and just reach out to them and just, you know, inquire. And uh, most of them have some kind of pricing rate that they will uh, give you.
0: I love it. Learning a ton here. Now let's talk about your initiative. Mandini Originals, is this your, your card art page? Yeah. Yeah. So
1: at the beginning of this year, I decided to separate those two things. So yeah, I have that Cards of Cascadia dedicated to the hobby and now Mandini.Originals, which is all my card art stuff.
0: Talk to me about, because you we were chatting about just like an initiative you're driving around mental health. Maybe talk through that, like the, what it is and the reason why you're going about it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so our project is called Hour 12. It's a collaborative project between myself and five other Northwest-based artists. And so what we did is we nominated 12 athletes that we think really represent athletics in the Northwest professional athletics. And we assigned unique collaborations to each card. So no two athletes in the checklist will have the same two artists collaborating on that card. And so it's a pretty big endeavor. Each artist is taking on about four cards each, and then like we're passing it around so the other artists could do their work. And then during Mental Health Awareness Month, we'll be auctioning these off on whatnot. And all the proceeds will be donated to NAMI Seattle. And NAMI stands for National Alliance on Mental Illness. A big reason why uh, we chose that is that we were thinking that this is a really like community-based project, whether that's the Cardar community or our local community, since we're all from the same region. And so I was like surfing through the organizations, and NAMI stood out to me. Specifically, I was going through their About page, and uh, a line that really stood out to me was that they said NAMI is the only organization in Seattle, and specifically here, to fill in the gaps of our local healthcare system. And as uh, somebody who's had family members deal with some pretty severe mental health processes, I know how tough it is to uh, jump through the hoops and do these like just ridiculous processes just to get somebody, your loved one, the support they need. And it could be really defeating at times. It could feel almost insurmountable. And uh, I know personally, I didn't want any family or any individual to feel the same way as like we did. And so I asked all the other artists, like, what do you guys think? Is this an organization you would want to, you know, support? And it was unanimous. Everybody was like, yeah, this is, this is a great one. And so, and we chose the number 12 because especially in the Northwest, the number 12 is like synonymous with support, you know, specifically with athletics, but we were taking it and using, trying to like follow through with that same idea of support uh, where, yeah, we're giving back to our local community in a way that I think is uh, Really, could be really effective.
0: I think this is awesome. Uh, I'm always, I try to always be an advocate for mental health, mental health awareness. I think bringing card artists together around you know a specific theme is powerful. Where can people go to maybe learn more, figure out timing, like when the whatnot auctions are going to happen? Like, what's the best place to follow of the latest and greatest for what's going on with this project?
1: So we created a partnership with Cardboard Cuts. They Since they are already a community page, we felt like it'd be uh, right to partner up with them to generate all of our announcements. So if you go into the Cardboard Cuts Instagram page, you'll see a little Hour 12 story highlight. And if you click on that story highlight, uh, it'll provide more information about the project. Uh, anytime we put out an uh, artist spotlight, because we, uh, we're going to do six of them per, you know, per artist, that's going to be on the story highlight. And uh, it's anything pertaining to Hour 12, will be on that little ig story highlight and then when the whatnot auctions actually occur during the month of may we'll put the auction link in the bio of cardboard cuts and so you just click on that link and that'll be kind of like the portal to those auction uh auction nights
0: i love it you uh, can you unveil who who these athletes are that you're going to be uh doing cards of
1: yeah so uh we're going to be dropping the checklist this week. Uh, some headliners I would say would be Sue Bird, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. is in the checklist, uh, Russell Wilson, of course. You know, I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna leave it at that. You're <laughs> have to the, check. <laughs>
0: the, yeah, I, I would say, like, off to a good start when you're thinking about the Pacific Northwest. I mean, those are uh, Griffey, Russ, Sue Bird. I mean, those are some legends out of there. So I, I'm i pumped to follow this. I'm pumped to support this. So listen to the man. Like if you're out there and you're interested and in, just if you want to support a project, people doing something, collaboration and on the other side of it, it's going to benefit something that is, I think, good and we can all agree on is mental health and mental health support and awareness. Like all donations and proceeds are going directly um, towards it. I'm excited for you, man. I'm excited to see what you all are coming up with. I think this is good stuff.
1: Oh, yeah, man. Thank you so much again for uh, giving me this opportunity to talk about my passions and talk about this product that is really important for me. So uh, thank you again.
0: No doubt, man. Uh, you can check out Armando, Cards of Cascadia, Casta- Mondini Originals. Man, I, I look f- I'm look. i glad we, we did this. Definitely we will have to get you back on. Always enjoy the chats. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you so much. That is one real dude. I love what he is doing. I love the authenticity and what he is bringing to the table with his brand and the hobby. There's a lot that I learned from him. Hopefully, you did too. Go follow his stuff and take care of yourself, take care of others around you. Have a good one, and we'll be back next week with more stacking slab.